Hello and welcome to episode 101 of the Motor Effect Podcast. Thank you for waiting for us. Happy New Year. We hope you had a really great holiday season. We hope you had a killer New Year's. We hope if it was warm enough, you got to go out riding. Uh, so we're happy to see you again for 101. For this episode, we're going to, I think, just get caught up on what each other's been up to. Um, I got a new video game, so I want to talk about that. We've got, I know, so, so silly, uh, a couple events coming up I want to share with everybody and some fun news stories. Uh, I also want to share new gear reviews I'm going to be getting ready f- to um, to publish in the next couple weeks or so. And I don't know, whatever else we come up with. Christy, what do you got for us today? I kind of cruised through um, some news to kind of figure out some updates on things that have happened since we've been offline and some things going on in my life. And I guess um, the state of the motorcycle industry, if we Mm. must go into the dark corner regions of uh, our passion and... uh, Recalls, some motorcycle news. Mm. One of the things I would love to ask our longtime listeners of the podcast, if you love what you hear, uh, obviously please share if uh, to anyone of interest. And if you could drop by the iTunes page for the Motorific Podcast, we would love a review. So please, if you enjoy listening and uh, enjoy hearing us in the podcast sphere show us some love on our itunes page all right and what else are we going to talk about today you got anything else on your list you want to talk about maybe some Um, interesting news well quite a bit actually um couple of launches we've got going on uh the goldwing honda goldwing that i went to the um pre-press launch if you will the release they finally uh, broke out the brand new Goldwing uh, total remodel, uh, total total re- remodel, re total rehash of that uh, model from top to bottom, and that was in Austin. They had to stop the launch sooner than they had expected because it started to snow. That's funny. <laughs> Not really something you would uh, hear from Austin this time of year, but again, weather over here in Los Angeles is 76 and it's in the middle of winter, so. Nah. uh, (laughs) That's for us East Coast folks. Yeah, to to make everybody jealous. Uh, Also, uh, to guarantee some sunshine and uh, and a solid uh, launch season, Ducati just launched their V4 Panigale. And I think that has 214 horsepower, if I remember reading. And V4 is obviously quite a departure from their usual twin cylinder. So look forward to seeing published reviews on both the Honda Goldwing and the Ducati V4 Panigale shortly in your uh, whichever outlet you may follow. Also, some interesting news on electrics in... Joanne's former location, former beloved family location, Alta. Mm. Alta uh, just dropped their price on all of their electric models, in which they have three. There's like a motocross, an enduro, and a supermoto. And openers on the motocross is 10005 
Um, the Supermoto and the Enduro are in like the 12 to 13 and a half ballpark. And those, I believe, are street legal. The motocross is not. So if you were cruising for an electric bike, consider the Alta. Do your research, of course. Um, something else uh, in the in the recall world is the Takata airbag. If everyone was aware of Takata's airbag difficulties in Toyota's, the airbag also is used in Honda Goldwings, but not the 2018 models, the previous models. So the Honda Goldwing uh, also has an airbag recall. So not just not just Toyota, not just automotive manufacturers. Um, occasionally, those kinds of recalls enter the two-wheeled world. So if you currently own a Honda Goldwing that's a pre, I think, 2016, go ahead and, and give your dealer a call and run your VIN to make sure that you're not a part of that recall. Um, interesting news for GP riders in the 2018 season is everyone is required to run an airbag suit. And that includes all GP classes, Moto 2, 3, and uh, Grand Prix class. So I thought that was particularly interesting. Um, I didn't read into it too much, but, you know, the the two majors I can think of, uh, Alpine Stars and Dainese, both have that kind of technology. Um, and I imagine that if you're running a brand that doesn't, uh, you can either wear something underneath or would you have to upgrade to Dainese or Alpine Stars? I'm not quite sure. Uh, it depends. Um, some, most of the third party stuff you have to wear in an external airbag system, but Mm -hmm. everything that's GP level in the market right now is all internal. Dainese, Alpine Stars, Speedy, they all have internal airbag systems. Okay. Speedy too. All right. So I thought that was an interesting thing. And obviously, hey, you know, you want to protect your riders. Um, As far as, uh, let's see, another recall, uh, Brembo Master Cylinders. So that, I think, primarily affects the fancy Italian brands, Ducati and MV Agusta. Brembo's doing a recall on some of their master cylinders. So you want to keep up to date if you're currently sporting a Brembo Master Cylinder, give your your dealership a call, make sure you're not a part of the recall. Sales news on a whole in the motorcycle industry in the U.S. market. Uh, Since we do have some Euro listeners tuning in from all over the globe, um, and of course non-Euro and non-U.S., sales creep is kind of either pushed just above 2017, or actually 2017 sales have been marginally better or marginally worse than uh, the previous year. So 2017 closed out for the U.S. market at just about barely breaking even or slightly lower than. So right now, I guess we're kind of uh, slowing down as far as uh, brand new motorcycle purchases. I think the used market would probably say something different if we had a solid way of tracking that. Mm. Probably, because used used sales are probably up, even though new is down a little bit. Yeah. By the used market, it's probably always strong, no matter what, because... You would think. I I, I would think so. I um, When I lived in San Francisco and I used to frequent Moto Java, they would tell me that business was always strong, even when it seemed like the industry was down. I mean, sure, there would be periods where it was a little bit lighter than others, but overall, kind of year over year, never down 
from one year to the next. And uh, I think that, yeah, so I think that really speaks to, because it makes sense. People don't want to spend $15,000 on a brand new bike. Well, why not spend eight or nine on a used with less miles or 10 or, you know, five, 10,000 less. That makes a huge difference. And I think people are still wanting to ride. They just can't spend as much money as they want to. So mm-hmm. you look to the used market. I'm, I haven't bought a brand new motorcycle in ooh, about 12, let's see, 2004. So what is that? 14 years. We've never bought a new bike since then. I haven't Always bought a brand new motorcycle since never. <laughs> right. Like I, I mean, never owned something fresh off the lot and neither for yeah. new cars either, just because why not capitalize on something that was gently yeah. used when it mm-hmm. loses like a third of its value in the first year? Um, to me, that's just the the practicality. But I totally understand. Hey, man, if you've got it, buy a new bike. I mean, uh, some of us can't wait for that exciting brand new model that they just want to get their hands on. They don't want to mm-hmm. wait another year for someone to use it, hoping that maybe someone will sell it and the used market will be um, pretty strong. Uh you know something that the that might not affect the the Europeans or the uh, the non U.S. Uh, market with buying used, and I know Joanne and I have talked about this to some extent. But um, the boyfriend went out and bought a Ducati S. Uh, let's see, S two, yeah, S two eight hundred, and <clears throat> that's like an older version monster. And it was actually a bike that I looked at before. So, of course, when he forwards me this Craigslist post, I'm like, okay, yeah, I've actually shopped for that motorcycle before. So I'm not going to I'm not going to argue if this is the bike that you want. And the first thing I told him is if you're going to go check it out. You need to see um, because it was a great deal and it was a clean bike. Triple A, if you are a triple A card member um, AAA, you know, member in general, you can call their 800 number on the back of the card and you can talk, uh, talk to them about wanting to run the VIN to determine ownership. And if there are any, uh, outstanding fees on the registration tags, and that is a free service that AAA does for you. So he got the VIN, he ran, he called AAA and actually, I think the guy included a picture of the VIN in the Craigslist ad, but I just didn't have time to call AAA. And he comes back and he says, well, okay. So there is uh, old tags on the bike and $400 outstanding on the registration. Because this guy apparently rode the motorcycle for three years and never bothered to declare the initial sale. So the whole time it was in the guy who he bought it from his oh name. God. And I was like, Jesus. Major no-no. Major no-no. <laughs> yeah. So, so that guy um, had already realized he screwed up or maybe he knew the whole time and he was prepared for it. So the, when the two of us went down there to go take a look at this bike, um, he had already had the paperwork to do the, the proper sales transfer portion. So that was helpful. But the only drag was that on that sales transfer, he'd already written confidently the price that he had originally asked for the bike. And I was like, no, no, we're not going to give you the original asking. You weren't forthcoming about the title. 
you never even took the damn thing in to get the, you know, the that information changed. Mm-hmm. There's 400 outstanding. You're going to have to knock a couple hundred bucks off. So long story short, you know, it turned out to be a, a good thing long term, but only a good thing because we knew what we were getting into before we even went. If he would have handed us some document and him not have been the owner and he signs off the title and passes it over to us, not only could the title have potentially not gone through, but on top of that, uh, we would have paid another $400 in addition to the taxes and licensing at the DMV for California. So, you know, long story longer. <laughs> the resources are out there. If you're buying a used motorcycle, not only take a friend who's uh, savvy or just educate yourself to know the condition and ask the proper questions about maintenance. But also, your best resources are out there like AAA, who will give you this information. And if they don't want to provide the title before you go over there, you know, I would just be open and upfront. Hey, you know, I'm going to run your title at the DMV um, through AAA. And if they say that the tags or, you know, something is expired, then you know, we're going to have to talk. So if you don't want to provide me with the VIN up front, um, then I'm not going to waste my time coming out and, and checking it out because obviously you've got something to hide. So that's kind of always been my attitude. And fortunately, everything kind of went seamlessly about that motorcycle. So anyway, a little bit of segue. Um, publication uh, news. Cycle World has now gone to four issues. Wow. They will only produce four coffee table books issues uh, per year. So I don't know what happens when you bought a subscription or have been a a lifetime Mm. subscription person who wants to see 12 issues show up in their box and suddenly they go down to four. I'm not quite sure what that means. It means you Um, go online. And and I'm sure they're going online too. Uh, sure. To supplement right. in between the four, you yeah. might want to check online. But they are producing four hard, you know, like basic, hard, like bound magazines still. But um, well, I bet the most current, the more current content's just going online, and they're you know it's it's it saves a hell of a lot more money to go online and and traditional paper news is going away because you can get the information faster. Like, sure. Why do I want to wait? Right. So I mean, it makes sense. It's it it does, surprising. but it depends on who your market is because the want it now, read it now, willing to go online and look at an iPad is the younger generation of mm-hmm. writers, and I I am not so much. I love to hold something in my hand and read something tactile. If I'm going to read an article of length, I'm going to hold on to it, and I still do that for my work. I, I, whenever I write anything, whether it's work or motorcycle industry related, it's, it's on the computer, it's printed out. I sit there, I put my feet up and I stew and I read this and I redline it. And that's just how I do my editing. Um, and that's kind of also how I like to do my reading. So I'm not sure what this means. As you know, the, the Bonnier motorcycle group also has holdings with, uh, with Baggers Mag and some of the other uh, publications. And I know that the Cruiser and Chopper publications are starting to slim down, and one one magazine is folding into another on that particular realm. Uh, Dirt Bike 
has also become an online only, and they have moved from paper to online community as of last year, mm-hmm. as well as a sport bike rider that also folded last year and supposedly will remain um, online for content. I'm not sure if they're still going to be distributing issues online, um, but, you know, again, uh, the motorcycle industry in the U.S. is kind of at a stalemate for new riders. Our our numbers are, you know, uh, same as the last couple of years, which haven't been as strong as, uh, you know, maybe the last 10 or 15 years. Um, so speaking of industry news, uh, I do want to share, if you've been on my Facebook page, I shared a cute little video about a week mm-hmm. ago of Keanu Reeves and uh, at one of his motorcycle launches. It's just a fun little little video of him helping this little girl get up on one of his motorcycles and take a little picture. It was very sweet. Just something really cute and fun. Hopefully to draw in uh, people to motorcycling. I think celebrities can play a part in that. And certainly it's a way more mainstream now, I think, with cool shows like Norman Reedus's uh, show like that's With a pretty popular riding a triumph <clears throat> yeah and and riding bikes that you can buy now and i think he brings a different view to riding if you haven't heard of his show we'll post a link to that too um i don't have cable anymore so i i gotta go buy it to watch it i've um, never actually watched it but i can good. tell you that when i was in atlanta and i was returning a uh, a triumph that i borrowed they pointed out this uh a tiger in front of in front of my bike that I was dropping off, and I was like, you know, what's that? Oh, that's a that's Norman Reedus's tiger, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, interesting. And the the guy proceeded to tell me a, a bit of story about how they tried to swap out the seat to a lower seat on that tiger because apparently I've never met him in person, but he's not uh, not gifted of inseam. And so stopping sometimes is a bit of an issue for him. And they wanted to eliminate secretly the amount of uh, stopping and uh, and not staying upright um, by oh, swapping no, out the seat. And uh, when oh. he sat down on it, he's like, what'd you do to my bike? Um, nothing. No, no, you did something to my bike. Um, we just put on like a, light, a slightly <laughs> lowered seat, put it back to its normal thing. Okay. <laughs> Well, maybe he likes it that way. Some of us prefer t- bikes a little bit taller. Uh, mm. Speaking of which, I it wouldn't change home. the height necessarily. It, <laughs> well, it changes, you know, it, kind of it the improves feel. Your inseam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel. But it's not necessarily comfortable. Uh, when I went home sure. two weeks ago, I rode two different bikes, and I, saw that. I rode my brother's CB1. He's got like a ninety-one, ninety-two, I think. That he totally re, um, he kind of reno- restored, I guess. It was in pretty crummy shape when he got it. And he repainted all the body work to a beautiful cherry red. And he added some really nice aftermarket parts. And it's a great little bike. However, I didn't realize how low it was. And I think it was lowered. And he, and he, he didn't because he's fine. But I don't think he realized that because I scuffed my boot because the bike was so low when I went to uh just start off you know for the first time I my toe hit the ground because I was pretty much flat foot and that's just not normal for me and it was (laughs) odd it's a miracle 
no, it's not a miracle. It's just <laughs> she weird. Uh, and it was weird because I could feel, my body could feel that my butt was pitched lower than my wrists. Like I could feel my body tilted back a little bit mm. and that just is not comfortable at all. I need to be, I mean, it wasn't a lot, but it was enough for me to notice. But the whole, I had to watch where I put my foot so I didn't kick the ground mm. yeah. going to shift and I had to just kind of pay close attention to that but i didn't like it i didn't like it at all how does, how does your brother who must have bigger feet than I you don't know. deal I, with that issue i'm just I guessing asked, guy bigger foot. i asked him he's um i think he's wears he only wears like a nine you know he's not like oh, okay super and honestly his inseam is really not that much more than mine i've got almost a 29 and i think mm-hmm. he only has like a 30 and a half or 31 maybe Mm-hmm. because I think he's more waist than he is leg and I'm all legs. So the other thing is just, I didn't feel, it didn't feel good. I didn't mm-hmm. feel comfortable. And I, I just don't prefer it that way. And it's such a little bike that being that low to the ground, it doesn't mm-hmm. benefit me in any way. And it was kind of annoying, but then on the flip side of that, so that was one afternoon I went riding and the weather there turned when I went up into the Berkeley Hills. So when you mm. leave the valley and then you go up to the Berkeley Hills, your temperature variance is like 20 degrees and totally wet because it was so mm. foggy. So I was basically riding in the rain, kind of, even though it wasn't raining. It was just the fog. And I totally forgot about that. And I turned around and then I went back home because the road was wet. There was leaves. There was crap. There was just crap all over the road it just was not really safe or fun so then the next day i went and picked up my friend's 620 multistrada and um that one is a 2009 i believe so the last time they made 600s so basically I was a say, that's engine. a small multi it's a small multi. It's the last time they really made a small multi and they took the monster and then they, you know, gave it an upright stance with higher bars, a windscreen, a bigger fairing. Um, the weight is also really light. That was definitely a lot taller. I think the stock inseam on that particular bike is like 33 or so. Wow. Uh, yeah. And he had it, he kind of had it lowered. Uh, not using a lowering link, but there's like a factory lowered spec where you can drop it like a half inch or so without lowering the suspension. Hmm, so, interesting. <coughs> excuse me. I'm sure someone very technical will, <coughs> excuse me, chime in and explain that to us. Um, but it was still tall. <laughs> I mean, I was still tiptoe on both feet and, you know, one foot on my left, which is my standard you know, standard stance on my bike. So for me, it really wasn't any different than what I'm used to. I mm-hmm. would say it's it was probably a half inch taller than one than mine. <clears throat> Excuse me. So aside from that, it was still so comfortable. Mm-hmm. It was really fun and peppy on the freeway. You know, still a six speed, and you know, it probably kicks out like eighty horsepower. Uh, it was fine. Like, uh, the comfort was great because I went back and forth across the Bay Bridge like 10 times that week. And I rode home in traffic during rush hour like three times because my parents live about an hour east of San Francisco. So if you live in the Bay Area, you know that commute sucks. But Ooh. I lane split the whole way back and forth. 10 times. That's an expensive uh, trips. Uh, well, 
yeah. Five or six bucks a pop. A few times. Um, I want to say during the rush hour times, it was cheaper or free. Okay. I can't remember. But it was fast because I lane split the whole way. I didn't care. I it, I was just happy to be riding since it's Baller. been 18 degrees when mm-hmm. I left and then 60 when I got there. So it was awesome. I rode probably about 500 miles. I went <laughs> out to lake to the lake with my awesome friend, Kurt. If you follow my Instagram feed, you saw we went out riding. It was amazing. And that bike was so much fun. I just do not like uh, mid-sized twins. I don't like them at all. I, I don't mind a bike that's under a thousand, but now after riding my Triumph so long, I can't go back to twins. I probably would do a twin at a liter um, because it just has so much more power at lower RPMs, but I, I'm i just not a fan. I'm not a fan of that engine at all. Um, but it certainly, yeah, I just, I don't like it. I mean, I, I had a twin and and I did it, and I I liked it for when I had it. But now, having what I have, I just I can't I can't go back. Um, <laughs> but it was great. She's got standards. Well, you know, I'm spoiled. I'm going to be honest. So, but it was a great bike. I mean, I had a really great time. I rode back and forth, even through traffic. I was having so much fun. It was way more nimble and way more maneuverable than I expected because it didn't have a huge top heavy gas tank i think the tank on that was only no 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 it wasn't it was i think that tank's less than four gallons i think it's like 3.8 is it above or below um like does the tank sit high or does it go below the seat uh i want to say the gas sits below so Hmm. the center of gravity was really good it never felt top heavy like a new multi um, great. Ergonomics were fantastic. If you're looking for a mid-sized sport tour to do commuting or some long distance riding, oh, it had a sergeant on it. So that made a really big difference too. Um, seat? I, yeah, the sergeant okay. seat. So if you're yeah looking for a mid-size, it's fantastic. I certainly would recommend it. It's just for me personally, I don't, I just don't enjoy that engine. You know, but, the multi um, the multi that I rode in 2015, I don't know the displacement off the top of my head, but it was over a liter. That was a sweet ride. Well, it was probably a monster? Like a no, multi-strata. Or? Oh, a multi? Oh, yeah, yeah it was a multi. It, make... it was multi-strata in 2015, it the... and it was before they did the big redesign. Yeah, it was definitely at least a thousand. I mean, eleven hundred yeah. probably. I I um, say if you can get your hands on on taking a spin on one of those at some point to compare notes between the oh, two, you're gonna um, love that bike. I'm sure I would. However, what I would do not appreciate is the the uh, tank arrangement because I've sat on a new multi. Uh, like a 2016 and no did not like how top heavy that was hmm. it's just not for me ergonomically the tank that, is too close to my body huh because i'm shorter I yeah i don't know um i don't know if the 2015 and the 16 is the same because i think the 16 was a re like a year that they started well, remodeling things um, i think tweaking things if i tried the thousand version of uh the 09 i'm sure i would love it my friend has mm-hmm. one um, he's about my stature, and he he really enjoys it. I'm sure I would. Um, I'm just not in the market for yeah, new bike right that, now. That bike, well, of course, I'm not trying to <laughs> sway you necessarily to buy something new. But uh, that 
honestly, the since since I first sat on a on a KLR that had a, an extra big tank and the thing was raised suspension as opposed to lowered or normal, that was the first time I'd ever sat on something where I was like, "Whoa, what just happened?" As the bike's laying on top of me, and I realized that the weight is all in the tank. Um, and I never wanted to sit on another bike that had the weight so distributed so high. And honestly, I, I haven't really felt that until um, until I sat on the Multistrada Enduro. And I was just dropping off that motorcycle back to the factory in Bologna. And that thing was so top heavy to me that um, similar to how you would ride a bike where you're tippy towing it, you constantly or... You know, for me, you're constantly thinking about it. For Joanne, she does this stuff all the time, so it's really not an issue. But for me, every stop is a very smooth, calculated Mm -hmm. drawing in the brakes very Mm -hmm. nicely. Don't want to dampen the forks or the suspension too much so that the whole thing shifts around Mm -hmm. and you uh, take that top heavy and it turns into um, off balance and and losing it kind of uh, situation. So uh, that was the... The first bike, the KLR, and the last bike I sat on was the Enduro. So I went for a long time with not feeling that again. So I think the, other than like big ADV bikes, I think the shift has largely been to not have that be the case with the tanks and the, and the weight so high. Certainly on, on the bikes that I tend to ride, it, it feels far more friendly. Yeah, I mean, the weight when they redesigned I mean. it, they changed it, I think... Uh, quite a bit Um, but I haven't sat on a thousand previous generation multi Hmm. I want to now now I want to try to ride one if it's anything like the 620 but I I really loved it I had a really great time check out my Instagram feed if you have a second if you want to take a look at it it was it was great Um, what else did I do on vacation I ate a lot ate every Hmm. day so if you see my feed it's filled with food well, my mom home, my mom's making food, my friends are making food, going out to eat a lot, to hang out with my friends. It's kind of the way I do things when I go home. Um, yeah, so I came home about a week ago. And since then, instead of really writing, I've been playing video games. About writing. About writing. And, and I was telling my wonderful friend, Kurt, how sad I am because I just don't ride anywhere the way that I used to. I used to ride four times as often. I used to ride to totally different places. And my style of riding has shifted dramatically since moving here. And I miss the weekend ride, the constant weekend riding, and I miss the places I used to go. And because of weather, that makes it even worse. So he suggested you should play some video games because at least it keeps your brain, you know, at least your brain is still thinking about it and it keeps Stimulated you, in a motorcycle yeah, mentality. Because Interesting. I, I never really thought about that. Because when I go, like, where we went riding on Saturday, we went to Lake Berryessa. And if you look up the lake on Google Maps, you can see 121 is one of the roads we rode and it was wonderful. And it was a pretty technical road. It wasn't the most technical I've ridden, but for me... It's the most technical riding I've done in six months. I haven't ridden a road like that since September. And getting back into that frame of mind to um, really ride that road the way I traditionally would ride it, it took me, it takes me a little while. 
I need, I need some time to kind of warm up and remember what I'm supposed to do and feel like I've just, like I just did it yesterday because it's been so long and I can feel Mm -hmm. my skills slowly deteriorating because I'm not practicing them as much as I used to. And the level of writing now that I do, I feel like it's half what it used to be and I can't ride nearly as well as I used to. And so he suggested play a little video games, keep your brain in there. At least if you can't go out and ride, at least you're kind of keeping the idea going in your brain. So when you go out to ride again, it'll feel a little bit more comfortable or I don't know, familiar. I, I don't know. I mean, so whatever. So works out that a friend of ours gifted us with a copy of Ride 2 for the PlayStation. And so then we had to get a PlayStation <laughs> to play it. And it's fun. It's, it's, you know, it's not like, quote, real writing, but it certainly mentally keeps me... Uh, refocused because you have to still apply all the same techniques you know and and the whole time we're playing like basically in the game you can ride all the different race circuit tracks around the world so you Mm -hmm. can ride the Nürburgring they have a few you can ride um, the street you can do like one of the TTs like Malaysia or Thailand you can uh, Macau like they're riding around the street yeah Um, China yeah, all over the world. So you can pick different wow. tracks, you can race, or you can just do a time trial and just ride by yourself. So we're out there just riding alone to practice and figure out how to play this game because it's really, really hard to translate what you know to this controller. Sure. And I think much in the to... way the music, that whole music uh, <laughs> uh, video game thing was, you know, if you really knew how to play a guitar, oh, right. going to whatever i can't remember but yes anyway sorry to yes yeah same right so understanding how much i have to manipulate this controller to do what i want it to do it's been really challenging but Mm -hmm. the same rules still apply like being on the track i'm still looking at okay where do i actually make it slow down and where do i start my lean in and when should i start my acceleration and all the same techniques are still being applied i just have to figure out how to make the controller do it when i want it to but it's been really fun i have to be honest and really challenging but that's part of the fun i think so i've just been practicing a lot um if if that's the same program (laughs) i think i've heard about before racers actually use that program because of its track um because it's track application if that's the only if that's the only uh, video game on the market that has every track built into it, then that's what I had heard was, oh, dude, before we go out and ride these tracks, <laughs> we all sit and play this, you know, ridiculous video game to acquaint ourselves with the, the curves and everything the other because one, it's an exact replica. Yeah, the other one could be the MotoGP game. So okay, there is, there's there is, yeah, there is a game for MotoGP um, and... I haven't played that. I've seen it. But Ride 2 is the one where uh, for a little while on Facebook, I think last year, there was a video being shared of a rider on an S1000RR in slow motion. And he's riding or she is riding through a street. And a lot of people thought it was real. But it was really Mm, this video. I remember that. Because you can upload video of yourself riding. 
So hmm. the video game can record, yeah, it can re- it'll record your whole lap sequence and you can rewatch it and see how horrible you are. Because uh, <laughs> I'm watching this and I'm just thinking, if I rode like this in real life, no one would write, no one would believe me. I mean, no mm-hmm. one would ever want to ride with me. And Keith Code would just throw me off the track if he saw me doing any of this. It's awful. But you can, <laughs> when you get good, you can share your video and post it. So whenever at some point, hopefully I'll become proficient and I'll share some video. But until then, it's all staying right here. So until then she's just going to crash in the crash. Uh, surroundings yeah. of her, her living room and yeah. not really make that publicly yep. available. I can high point. side over and over and over again and no one has <laughs> to know. So that's how I've been spending the last week anyway, since the I'm back. Months. And Well, now, I mean, we just got it like for basically a week or two ago. And I think just coming back from home after having gone out riding, it just really made me sick. And I really wanted to go riding. And today actually it was 53 and definitely Mm, riding. Cozy. Right. But uh, on the uh, flight home, I hurt my neck. And I have had a really bad uh, neck strain all week, and it's mm. finally feeling better. So this week, I'm hoping when it, I just can ride to work at least for a day or two. Um, if I'm lucky next week, it might be a little warmer. But So that's how I've been spending my week mm. since I've been back. Um, the other what? thing, huh? No, I was, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, the only other thing I want to mention is on February 3rd, next Saturday, I'll be in Dallas. So I decided to attend the Beautiful Bikers Conference in Dallas. It's going to be happening at the Crown Plaza. It's, um, it's a women's motorcycle event, and it's happening in between the motorcycle show. So from 9 to 12, there's going to be a panel, an industry panel, with women who work in the industry, myself included. There's going to be a couple seminars. And then at 3, there's going to be a fashion show at the hotel, which I'm going to be hosting. And we've got some really great brands on board, like Olympia and Scorpion, who are going to provide gear to be modeled. So you'll get to see some different varieties of women's motorcycle gear on the runway and kind of what's available for different women of different sizes. It should be should be pretty fun. So I'm helping my friend Portia Taylor, who's coordinating the event to host that so if you're in dallas come out to the motorcycle show and and then uh, or come out to the conference and then go to the show uh, but come say hi uh, we'll post a link to that event as well and what i was going to ask is uh relative to something useful for either riding or driving what is the app or the program that you use on your text messaging? Because Joanne, Joanne has this interface for her iPhone that when I text her, if she's riding or, say, uh, driving a vehicle, it'll do an auto-respond. And while I don't necessarily feel like I, I need to respond to any text, sometimes I get something that's of urgency or sometimes... Uh, someone work-related needs a response from me, and I'm technically not allowed to use my car or my phone in the car, um, that it would be a good cue for your friend if that someone needs to get a hold of you to call instead of text. So what is that program? 
Um, it's actually native to iOS, and I don't know really? if it's um, iOS 11. It's under Do Not Disturb. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it's iOS 11 and that everybody has it as long as you can upgrade your phone to iOS 11. So mm-hmm. if you go into the Do Not Disturb menu at the bottom, there's an auto-reply. Oh. And then you can turn it on and off. Cool. Um, but you don't have to use it if you don't want to. Uh I just, I think I disabled it a little bit earlier because the thing is, is if you're in the car at all, in the back seat, it knows and it'll auto reply. Mm-hmm. So even if you're not driving, it, it you have to click, I'm not driving. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I think I went in and kind of modified that notification, but yeah, it's in do not disturb. If you have iOS 11, it's in there. Um, I've got my phone, you. so it came that Always, way. It doesn't surprise me that it's an actual function of the iPhone because I have so little technological uh, comprehension of anything in general that, um, you know, I expect these things. Mm-hmm. I struggle. Yeah, I struggle can, with uh, Mac. You, it's not that Mac hard. Mac and Apple products. You can change your reply to whatever you want. You can put okay. in a special reply. Cool. Um, you, know, you can turn it off, but it's, yeah, it's an iOS 11 feature. In yep. such an instantaneous response-driven world, it's nice to be able to send out the, yeah, busy, uh, riding, you know, catch in 20 or an hour or whatever. Oh, um, okay. So on that, before we go, I guess, unfortunately, I have to log off in five minutes, but I do want to recommend a TV show for people to watch. And it has nothing to do with motorcycling, but it's just so fascinating. What? I know. I just, I got to share oh, it. It's, it's on Netflix. We're deviating from bikes on this I know. Program? Sorry. Uh, everyone can relate because everyone's on Netflix, right? If you're not watching Black Mirror, please do yourself a favor and watch no. it right now. I can barely get through some of those black okay. mirrors because I just roll really? my eyeballs. I can't. The They're Instagram one, the quasi-Instagram so one with the likes. Good. Couldn't do it. Couldn't that do it. one was so good. Oh, God, you no. gotta keep watching. Hated it. it. Just, no, I had to it, turn it, it off. It goes downhill. So what I found interesting about Black Mirror is I would hate one and then watch a totally different one and like that one. Yeah. See, There's we do that here so where it's basically he, we enjoy different TV programs. And so... <laughs> He'll he'll like come on, just watch like fifteen minutes of this or whatever. <laughs> and some of these I will get through the first five or ten minutes and be like, but I can't do this anymore. The stupidity is just killing me. And you I just get up watching. and go do something else. Oh, no, you just gotta I give just, yourself ignore Christy. She doesn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying every other one. episode for me is much like you say. Yes, you, know, you like might like one, hate the some. other. Yes, and they're that's, pretty polarizing. I think that's very reasonable. Some of them I'm sure. like, eh, but then other ones so good and the one that uh she was referencing was called not evernote nosedive oh so good um but it's just a bunch of really cool random basically um how do they relate it to it's like the 21st century of twilight zone so all these really crazy scenario things and it's just a place i hope we never go that's all Uh, i can say i feel like we're kind of already there we're already there and so that's what i find these stories to be so compelling because they reference things that we are doing right now but kind of it's an extremist version they're creating they're creating storylines that make you really think about what we're doing now and i would say especially in that episode it's all relevant it's directly relevant and and that's what's scary you know but do yourself a favor watch a couple episodes 
Yeah, and then go us. like our podcast. <laughs> and then yeah. go Five write stars. a review of our podcast. <laughs> um, so I'm sorry I have to Pro leave Pro social early. media. Yes, on social media. Don't forget all the likes. Okay. For all of you that watch that <laughs> We're going to cry exactly for every person that about. doesn't like something. Yes. Um, and One then we'll like you back. Yeah, yeah, we'll like you back. Okay. Uh, so in the meantime, please visit us on our Facebook page, on Motorfreak Podcast. Go to our blog. Uh, listen to some previous episodes on iTunes, write a little note, uh, tell us what's going on. We always want to hear you find us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, you know, our handles, but in case you don't, it's Motorific podcast on Facebook, Motorific media on Instagram. I'm gear chick everywhere. ADV got us on Twitter. Find us, come chat with us. And we hope to see you for 102, maybe probably in two weeks. I should be around. Like us, <clears throat> like us on Facebook and a kitty gets its wings. <laughs> it's angel wings. So we will talk to you as soon as we can. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>